Welcome to Topple Uncaged. I'm Steve Topple and you're locked on to the UK's hottest politics and music podcast. Each week, I bring you the rawest takes on the big stories making the news, always joined by a very special guest. Then, I pleasure your mind, body and soul with the freshest, most banging international music going. Uncaged. The D-Buzz. Aish. Hard to death. Hard to death. Trisha. Boy. From Nairobi to Kingston Did you call them? This party couldn't get no better Chase for the clouds and we bring you good weather I have a bit of the old and a bit of the new on today's edition of the Topple Uncaged podcast. And I don't mean in terms of age, I mean that one of my guests is an old friend of this show who I'm delighted to be welcoming him back. And the new is a new guest to this show who I think is a stunning artist and I'm really excited to have her on here. I'm equally excited to have them both on actually because they have recorded two fantastic tracks, both very different but both over the same rhythm. And I, I heard this and I was just like, I have to get both of these people on because it is stunning. It is on point musically with what's going on at the minute. And both tracks also have very important points they make within the lyrics. It's really exciting to have them on. Um, I think they're fantastic. Like I say, old friend of the show, dancehall legend who broke out last year into fantastic conscious and spiritual territory with his stunning project, is what I have to call it, Holy Temple. Mr. Basie is here. <laughs> yeah, give thanks for having bro. And also, again, new to the podcast, this artist is absolutely stunning in her own right. Hailing from Kenya, she has worked with some greats already in her career, including Gentleman and Queen Ifrika. It's a real treat to welcome her on for the first time, and I hope this is the first time of many. It's the incredible Trisha who's also on the podcast. Trisha, hello. Hello, Steve. How are you? <laughs> I'm all good. It's all good here in very hot, very sunny London, actually, I have to say, today. So it is a pleasure, though, to have you both on. I am really excited because both your tracks are fantastic. So I want to get into them. Thank you. My pleasure. I want to get into them now because it is fantastic. So Culture Rock Records have released the Change Like Weather Rhythm. I mean, it's absolutely, I think it's brilliant. Yes. It's good, isn't it? It's absolutely, absolutely... Fresh, fresh. Yes, yes, yes. That is spot on. It Basically, it is fresh. It fits right into what's going on musically at the minute. Especially exactly. Over, yeah, especially over here in the UK, because that sort mm-hmm. of... It's, it's got... It's dancehall, but it's got a real Afrobeat kind of carnival. Exactly, yeah, like an Afropop. Yeah, exactly what it is. And up it's, to the time, up to the time. Yeah. It is bang on the money, Tricia, absolutely. And it it's, um, fits right into what's going on musically at the minute. I mean, it's a fantastic rhythm. I was immediately drawn to it. And um, other people who put their interpretations to it include Mr. Diamond and Denham Smith. But for me, um, and I, I don't want to sort of pick my favourites, but I have to say both both of your interpretations really, really stood out for me across this this stunning rhythm. But Partly because they're they're both extremely, conscious in their own ways but also just your performances I mean basically I always love what you do I think you're absolutely fantastic and extremely unique um, and Tricia again because your vocal on it is stunning and lyrically as well with fire on it is it's thank absolutely you. brilliant I mean thank you so much my pleasure basically let's start with you I mean what what was your motivation behind your interpretation over the rhythm which was in my brain what, what what was your I mean I would I'll tell listeners what it's about um, it's obviously yeah. about the herb um, 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 smoking the weeds, but it, it's a lot deeper than that. Actually, what was your what was your motivation for doing something about cannabis over over that rhythm? 
Well, I mean, I, I judge a rhythm based on how many ideas it gives to me. If it gives me multiple ideas, it means that it's, um, it's, it's a good rhythm. And then the challenge for me is to choose what I think is the best of my options, ideas. Um, so I had a few ideas with the rhythm. Um, the producer had specifically told me he wanted the bass voice, that recognizable bass voice. So I had a challenge where, um, you know, I, I don't like to put myself in any sonical box when I'm creating, but I understand that that's part of the brand identity. Um, so similarly with the rhythm, I felt like, yo, this rhythm can hit the streets, but what do I want to sing about that is relatable both to the streets, but also to a conscious person? Um, and in the middle of smoking a giant, I was like, that's it right there, you know? <laughs> um, Love it. <laughs> yeah, so basically, this, the song is just my thoughts at the moment, you know? It's, um, you know, it starts out talking about lighter. It's a typical thing in a dance hall. Everybody's a smoker, but most times you, you end up go home with five lighters in your pocket because... It's a thing that we do when we borrow a lighter and we never return it to the owner. So I start off just like I have my lighter, um, king bass, um, high like I'm in space. And it's just basically a typical marijuana song giving homage to, the, to that um, plant of wisdom. And then as I go down, I start to play around with the lyrical style to, you know, talk about Epicon, which is Jamaica's first distillery, um, you know, that weed has been legalized. So I give them a shout out. Um, I talk about you know smoking in in Milan with my with my colleagues over there. So it's just really a typical song. And then in the second verse, I kind of more talk about you know being a, a bit of a re rebel. So I'm I'm smoking in front of the courthouse, and if you know politicians fight about it, they're gonna get bought out. Um, but it's just a typical street song from a weed man point of view, and you know I keep it fresh and young. And the rhythm is already fresh, so I think the song came up pretty nice, you know. I think it's banging. I, I love it. I think it's great. And it's su such an important topic I at the minute. I love it it, Yeah, it's great. And it, it has real resonance in the UK at the minute because we're in, we're in such this battle over um, cannabis and the legalisation at the minute because they've, they've made it legal for medicinal purposes in certain forms and then not everybody who's ill and needs it is getting access to it. It's a, it's a, real, it's a real hot topic in this country right. at the minute. So I think, I think not least is it going to resonate well in the UK, but obviously, obviously around the world as well it is it's fantastic i i love it to bitch and trisha equally i love yours to bits as well so your interpretation was money Thank don't you. mean a thing um it's exactly. brilliant and brilliant lyrically as well it's great it's it's absolutely um ingenious piece of work um again so what was the motivation for you to it, i mean essentially i as a political journalist um with one hat on which i have um i want to say it's an anti-capitalist <laughs> song really isn't it um, it's kind of uh... yes, yes, yes. Um, I actually have to second uh, Basie and what he said. It resonates a lot with me when I listen to an instrumental. The first thing I listen to is the sounds, you know. And I heard this that the, the African, the knit, of course, and then the melodies, and then the 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 lyrics just came to me automatically, you know, without me even wanting to say, you know. All the money in the world. That's it, it. Just it just came automatically, you know. And then at the same time, I was thinking because it, it was something that I was going through besides the topic of money itself, you know. It's which is the obvious thing. It's not only about money. It's also about the fact that we we need to live our lives happy 
happily, you know. We need to be careful about the choices that we make in our lives, you know. Like, how we invest our time. You know, people say time is money, right? So you don't want to waste. You don't want to waste your time in putting it into things that are not going to benefit you in the long run. So it's not even only about the money, but it's also about how we how we do, what we're doing, what we're choosing to do with ourselves, who we're putting our time into, you know, who we're trying to impress, why we're trying to impress them, you know. And in the long run, you may impress someone with your money, for, for example, but it's, it's not enough, it's not sufficient enough, you know. We need to think about in the long term, what is it doing to us, you know. So... Uh, was actually it was supposed to be actually simple i know people may take it a bit serious but it's i said it in a fun way so people don't think that i'm taking it too serious but it's true it is unfortunately is is true you know money cannot buy you it can buy you life it can buy you happiness but for a very very short time you know at least that's my interpretation no, you're spot on, absolutely. And it, it comes across very strongly from the track, I think. I like the fact you say that um, you, it didn't want to be too serious. And you, you yeah, kind of, yeah. you, you walk that tightrope very well, actually, in the track, because um, the rhythm itself obviously lends itself to be a, a kind of upbeat song. And if you, if you don't want to read exactly. too, yeah, and if you don't want to read too much into your yeah. lyrics, you don't have to, because it's, it's stunning just to, as we say in the UK, we call it brucking out over here. Um, it, it, <laughs> broken yeah, yeah, yeah it's 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 great to brag out to um but then yeah. if you want to listen a little deeper i think you make some really really pertinent points about the sort of the world and the and the culture that is um forced upon us in in this century so i i, no, I think it's i think i think it works on all those levels um i think as i say both your interpretations are fantastic love them to bits um thank you moving on um i just want to ask you because it, it kind of I, I find it somewhat perplexing, I suppose, really. Um, I mean, Rhythms themselves, um, where a producer, well, it's in their current form, it's, it's, it's a case of a producer or record label produces this instrumental and then gets artists to come on and put their own interpretation on it. I suppose if you, if you go back sort of through the decades and decades of reggae, it started off, I believe, as when bands um, played instrumentals for artists to sing over or, or um, sing J over or rap over etc 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 and has moved into being more of a producer record label um sort of hook now really um they've always been at the heart of sort of reggae and roots and dancehall um but the revival movement and since it's come about it's turned um roots into something very eclectic really i mean if you look at especially what the likes of um say protege and and his family are doing um it's extremely eclectic musical and basically yourself as well actually with holy temple really eclectic mix mix of styles i remember my girlfriend said at the time when you move into the last section of of that record um she branded it saharan soul because you, you, you <laughs> right. move into, do you remember you move into this yeah, kind no, of of course, of course my my wife speaks about it all the time from your interview no yeah, yeah she's like we should coin that that's saharan soul my <laughs> girlfriend. Inspiration, so yeah my girlfriend's gonna be made up when i tell her that <laughs> <laughs> but like i say i mean your your record as well was extremely eclectic and that's where the revival movement has gone i mean in the in those terms with the, the movement breaking out into so many different genres and experimental styles as well do you think Ooh. rhythms are still as important as they were trisha do you think they still have the the place that they once had in the the reggae and the dancehall sort of scene yes i, I mean to answer your your message about it being changing i think that people are just trying 
to find different ways of delivering messages because you know it's been done a long time you know way before way before so I, I think the reason why it's that changing is because people just want to interpret it the way they feel you know the way they feel they can deliver it best because you cannot you cannot imitate you know people from the past you can't do that but you can you can keep the torch moving you know you can pass it on and people interpret it the way they feel at that moment so i guess that's why it's and anyway the music is changing you know the messages are still the same but the music is changing but it still resonates with the times i feel like that's why it is like that but i feel like the rhythms can still continue to touch people just like the way they did back in the day no, I think I think that's fairly fairly spot on, actually. And yeah, it's a brilliant assessment of the situation, actually, because you're right. I chat to so many artists from the revival mm-hmm. movement who say that well, mm-hmm. we're kind of mixing up these styles, some of it based on our own taste, but also because we want to try yeah. and get the message out to as many people as possible. Exactly. And by yeah, diversifying, yeah. I mean I had a brilliant um, artist called Black Hero on. Um, a, a, it was. He's great, isn't he? He's absolutely amazing. And I had him on... He uh, is amazing, yeah. ...talking about the Immortal Stepper. I mean, it's this... I, I said in my review of it, I, I kind of compared it to what Prince was doing back in the day um, with Purple Rain, That in terms of that... It was so experimental. I was just listening to it, and my mind was blown away. Mm-hmm. But, as you rightly point out, Tricia, the message was still got across. Um, yeah. And, and the, the sort of eclecticism of the music really made me listen. I mean, basically, what, you, what are your thoughts on rhythm? I mean, especially with your dancehall background, where rhythms are again extremely important. I mean, are, are do we have this relevance for them still, or do you think the eclecticism is just is just going to now take over the the whole revival movement? What are your thoughts? Well, I think um, from my observation, um, everything is a cycle. So I think that um, no, and and for us in Jamaica, we we tend to. Um, follow a lot. So if juggling or rhythm is the art of the day, then you have, you know, a slew of rhythms. Um, and then if it changes to single-driven um, format or the single-driven model, then you find that that's what the masses start to do. Um, so I think there's a space for both of them, but it, it, the pendulum will swing which one is more prevalent. Um, I think another factor to, to consider from my side, from my looking on as a producer as well, wearing a producer hat, financially it's more viable to do a single than a juggling because if you have, for Culture Rock, I'm sure he really has to market five songs, you know, even though it's one project, but he has to, you know, design an artwork for Trisha, design an artwork for me, design an artwork for, you know, promo and boost and everything. So your pricing is more exponential in a juggling uh, rhythm scenario than a single. So this is why also a single um, approach is more, it, it looks more attractive now because, I mean, you could take all that money and put in one song and market the hell out of that one song as opposed to spread it across uh, multiple tracks. So I think that also plays into why we're seeing more singles now. Um, I think also the fact that um, kids are producing, uh, it's easier for kids to become producers now like, with a laptop and, um, you know, just a little microphone. So they're, they're making a whole lot more music. And so if they're making a lot more music, there's not that pressure for them to put multiple artists on one track. They probably make like 10 beats a day. 
So, you know, the amount of beats that they're making, then they'll, they'll probably be more willing to just put one artist on that and then another one for another one. So I think those factors are why you see it a little more single-driven. And, of course, the, the, the cultural re- revival guys are more about, you know, focusing on album or focusing on getting a body of work that represent that model that um, Bob Marley and, and the first round of reggae acts set. So they are not so much interested in the juggling. On the dancehall side now, again, you find that, you know, the Popcorns and the Mott and the Vibes characters, even if Cartel is on a rhythm with five other songs, it's almost like it's a single because people just play that one song. So it makes the producer kind of feel like, yo, let me just focus on the Cartel if I have a Cartel. Or if I have a young artist, I'm bringing out Aldous Cartel and my young artist so that my young artist can ride on the wave of that. But you don't find this 10, 20-track rhythm kind of thing like in the past. I do believe, however, though, there's a, there's a love for that, especially from the selector standpoint of, you know, just playing five hot songs on one track. So I do believe this, it's going to come back, but right now it's swinging towards the single-driven, you know. Again, fascinating analysis, I, 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 and I love it, hearing it from a, a producer point of view as well. And you're right, I mean, the, the industry and the way people make music has changed so much. Um, it's, it, I interviewed um, a CEO of a UK-based record label about a month ago now, who's been around since sort of the 90s when he was involved in the UK garage scene many years ago. Um, and he was like, well, back in the day, you know, you had, to, you had to know a producer and you had to know an editor and you had to know someone who had a studio and you had to pay all this money now you can literally sit with your laptop and produce right. music right. and it's completely changed the nature of the industry and, and in some ways it's made sort of getting music heard even more competitive and more demanding i suppose Definitely. now um yeah. because everyone can put music out i mean what the sort of the good thing to come out of that is of course and that leads me into sort of the next area i want to talk about is that we are seeing and have availability to more music from around the world now the change like weather rhythm is heavily sort of Afrobeat influenced um with sort of dancehall sensibilities yeah. and as yeah. we we're saying that the, at the top of the show fits in perfectly to what's on trend at the minute within the music scene especially right. over here in the uk i mean sort of the Afrobeat sound and and the music um, that comes from that great continent mm-hmm. is really blowing up at the minute. And artists like Chronix, Quebec Pyramid, um, Stoneboy are putting African culture and spirituality and the music um, at the fore of what they're doing. It's very, very, very prominent at the minute. I mean, Tracia, as I said, you you were born in Kenya originally. Yeah. I mean, do you think now we are finally seeing the time when Africa and every Everything about the, the sort of motherland is going to get the recognition it deserves finally. Do you, do you think it's now happening? Most definitely it is. And really, really, really happy and excited to see what's, I mean, it's just starting, you know. So I'm really excited to see what's going to come out of it. And um, first, I'm happy that, you know, it's, it's, it's binding different worlds together or bonding rather different worlds together. For example, like the Afrobeat and the dancers, so Jamaicans and um, Africans are coming together and, you know, embracing that. And that's that's just bringing worlds together. And also Americans, I see, are also getting into the trend, you know, people from UK as well. So it's, 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 it's making this movement, you know, and awareness at the same time. But I know, okay, speaking as a Kenyan, I know that the industry there hasn't, it's still growing. Let's just say it's still growing. So... This is giving motivation to the artists in Kenya 
to to embrace themselves, you know, to embrace their culture, embrace their own music, you know, come up with their own, because most of the beats that you actually hear that are Afrobeat are uh, mainly from Nigeria. And there's a certain style, there's a certain, um, you know, each and every corner of Africa has a different style beat to it. So most of it comes from, from, from Nigeria. So definitely big up to Nigeria and Ghana as well um for bringing that out but it's 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 it, I'm, I'm really happy i'm excited to you know for what is about to come out of it and um i'm grateful to for everyone who's pushing it who's pushing the movement no absolutely and i mean i mean basically sort of your your holy temple project um as i said at the time the, the big focus on sort of african and middle eastern um north african specifically sort of music and culture as well i mean how important is it for you that sort of the the african roots of everything and, and the culture and spirituality now begins to get recognized for the sort of almost bedrock i suppose isn't it really of of um so many different musical styles how important do you think it is that we start giving it the the recognition it deserves yeah well i think um for me i make a distinction between the the music and the um the culture or the 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 african identity you know um because i find that the sound or the music is something that is going very global um it's it's basically seeping into pop and seeping into you know mainstream um however some of those songs probably a certain percentage of it could be just like, if you didn't know it was an African, you just think it's like a, a, a person from Canada or a person from UK or something like that. And then there's some of them that they really put their language, the local um, um, dialect from Nigeria into it and Ghana. Yeah, yeah. So you know that this is the motherland. So um, I think it's great for both sides, for both the art, the, the, the sound getting becoming more palatable and known globally as well as exposure to the culture. Um, and I think it's long overdue because I know that, you know, I have friends in, in London who, you know, are second-generation Ghanaians or Nigerians. But for a long time, they, you know, people thought they were Jamaicans, you know, because, you know, anytime any dancer come on, they were so proud of dancehall as, you know, they love it so much. But now they have their own music and their own identity that they can be proud of. And it's going to get even bigger because just, just by the volume of the motherland and the... And the diaspora, this is the, the size of the diaspora and the influence. Um, I think Afrobeat is here to stay. It started from Fela Kute how much decades before, but now it's evolved to a different thing. And it's amazing. It's interesting times. And because there's a mashup of the world in terms of music and globe, social media and everybody accessing everything now, I think it's the best time for this kind of um, exposure to you know ethnic music and ethnicity. Um, so yeah, I love it. I love it. And you know, the funniest yeah, thing is yeah. someone, someone would hear culture rock rhythm, um, change like weather rhythm in Jamaica and not know that it has any Afrobeats feel to it. You know, it, the music has become so universal and so bound, bo um, boundless, like no boundaries are there now that it's a little bit of everything. Um, you find even, even Latin American artists doing Afrobeats, you, you find that, um, you know, Caribbean people, Trinidad mixing soca with Afrobeats. Afro so the yeah, Afrobeats yeah. is going to become just almost like how big reggae is from, uh, for the last 40 years. I think Afrobeats will be one of those staple genres to um, spew off other genres. 
That's a really yeah. fascinating point, actually, you made about how yeah, how you could listen to sort of the change like weather rhythm and some people may not even recognise Afrobeat in it. I suppose I, I'd take it for granted, but it is, it's such as it's becoming so much part of the mainstream now that may, many people might not even recognise what it is. It's a really, really interesting point, actually. I, I hadn't... I mean, the thing is, you musical, so you know it, but average, you know, 12-year-old, they don't know the musical format and distinction between dancehall and Afrobeat. They more identify the beat by the content, by the artists or, or where the artist is from. So for them, if they hear 10 dancehall artists on this beat, they're going to think it's a dancehall beat, mm-hmm. even though the music could really be an Afrobeat and you put in that dancehall artist on it. You know, so um, this this is why I'm saying the music is very global now. No, to add on to that, um, I like uh, what Basie said about you know um, that different artists just you know jumping on you know Afro beats, and you know coming from that, for example, Yami Alade and uh, Rick Ross, mm-hmm. you know they they they've they've just met you know because of Afro beats, mm-hmm. and. You can imagine what else is going to come out of it. You, you never know. Maybe uh, I'm just, for example, that Elton John with some African artists could yeah. come out of that. You know, right. you never know. So it's 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 beautiful that it, that it's it's coming to this point where artists from all over the world can come together just because of this movement. So yeah, man, it's beautiful. I just put, yeah, yeah. yeah. You two are great. You are perfect interviewees. I love it. You're, you're just fascinating <laughs> to listen to you both. Great stuff. Really, really important points there. And I think it will be fascinating to watch um, how the, the Afrobeat and everything surrounding that does does progress. Go on, go and grab yourself whatever kind of refreshment gets into your brain because me, Basie and Trisha will be back in a few seconds with more chats. I want to I wanna focus on each of you individually now, if I can be so bold, please. Basie, yep. let's start off with you now. You have, because I keep an eye on what you do, obviously, now friend of the podcast. Um, you've been non-stop yep. since I interviewed you last. <laughs> Literally, every time I, I flick through your Insta, um, and I'm like, does this guy ever take a break? I mean, what can you? Su- is it possible for you to summarize what you've been doing since we last spoke back at the start of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite simple. It's a uh, global domination through, <laughs> <laughs> through strategic <laughs> approach. Um, for me, really and truly, I'm a creator at heart, and I, 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 like, I literally make music every day. Um, so for me, the, my challenge is you know, more output and streamline, streamlining my output. Since we did the Holy Temple album, um, I knew when I did that album that the, the next step was to go dive right back into urban, more bassy vocal, stuff like the change like weather rhythm, um, to, to make sure that I find that balance between the spiritual, conscious, eclectic stuff and the more you know, urban, danceable stuff that people know me for. Um, so coming out of a Holy Temple album, that was the main mission for this year is just like do a lot of songs in different markets. So Culture Rock is a German producer and I hope that he'll push it in the German market or the European market. Similarly, I have Baila Como Quiera is a nice, um, Spanish song that I just released, um, that is getting a lot of push in the Latin America market. And then I did a nice collaboration with, um, this uh, Italian band called Inner Cantina. And oh, I, I saw that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, and they you know they're like a really, really up and coming popular um, ska band with a huge young following, college kids following um, from Rome. And you know, we did some songs together. We did um, a video, and you know, my idea is that that will create more exposure for the BSC brand in Italy. And that's that has been my approach. I have some songs with some Ghanaian um, acts as well. I just basically trying to plant seeds at different places and just create along the way. Um, and the idea is to create enough buzz before the next album, um, which should be around that urban sound. You know what I mean? So that's a that's a game plan. That sounds like an absolutely brilliant plan to me, and it's, it's obviously working extremely well. I mean, I, I'm interested because we talked a lot about Holy Temple before, and, and as I said in the introduction, it was for me one of the albums and one of the projects of 2018, an absolutely stunning piece of work, um, really mind-blowing, especially in your musical um, ingenuity in it. It was just absolutely fantastic. It, was, it really sort of took my breath away. I mean, we're kind of, um, how much are we on? Seven months, eight, eight months on from its release i mean looking back at it now was was it everything that you sort of envisaged it would be are are you sort of are you now with sort of time um having passed um was it did everything happen with it that you wanted to happen are you happy with it now as a project looking back yeah well i mean it it has achieved exactly what i aimed for i i did the holy temple album I, i like to tell people like if you're going to have a meal in Jamaica, the first thing you do is um, you, you say a prayer. You say a prayer before you eat. And if the government is going to convene at the cabinet, they normally start with a prayer before they start politics. So for me, it was a fundamental to say, okay, now I'm stepping out with a solo career. Let me make my first major release be a spiritual statement, um, a, 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 a project that shows the spiritual side of me before I got to the fun stuff, if you want to call it that. Um, and for me, the main um, uh, metric of success was just the feedback. I just wanted an album that was critically acclaimed for its artistic contribution. It wasn't something that I was looking for, a commercially viable, successful project. I knew that doing it independently without the machinery of a commercial label meant that it would not necessarily get the same exposure that, you know, even a same eclectic album from a protege or a chronics would have just with that machinery behind it. So I didn't expect that. I wouldn't have come out and said it though, because, you know, you know, if it gets it, then it gets it. But my aim was just to have an album that when people look back in the future, they can say, wow, this was a great body of work. And in that sense, I think I achieved that. So it has done exactly what it should do. My main thing also was just to have great visuals to accompany it. And I, I do believe that I got some amazing sh- videos out of the project. So I'm very happy with what it has done and what it will continue to do in terms of artistically representing me. And so in the, the idea now is to probably be at a year anniversary in November, we will um, launch a, a limited edition um, LP um, uh, and a limited edition CD set. Um, but for the most part, it has done what it has, what, what it was aimed to do, which is to critically, uh, to have a mass critical acclaim for the project. That's what I want. And you, I must say, you are one of those that, um, your feedback and your review on the album is exactly what, um, I was working for. I really appreciate it. And that is what I needed. So if 10 years, 20 years down the line, my children and my grandchildren look at my project, 
and they can say, wow, this is what people are saying about it. Mr. Tapper said it was, you know, the albums of the, of the uh, most important albums of, his, of the um, year or of the century or whatever. So it, I don't mean whatever in, in, a, in a rude way. I just mean that kind of feedback is what I was going for. And, and my media um, network, who are very honest, and if it was a crappy album, they would tell me straight up. Um, they all gave it that thumbs up for the creative input and for the, the effort, and that's all I wanted. So I really feel good about the album. I'm pleased, and thank you. It's kind of you to say that about me, and it, and it was, and you did, you did get that because it is, it is a fantastic piece of work that will stay. It's going to stand the test of time because the way you, the production, the arrangement, the the, the lyricism, and and your voice, obviously. I mean, it, it's a timeless album, um, which is the mark of a um, mark of a genius project, and it was. It was absolutely fantastic, and I'm I'm pleased that you can reflect on it now. Still that even more positively and, it, and you're right i mean it did it literally set out your stall um spiritually and consciously and now as you say you can move back into okay let's focus on focus on the dance hall and i am i'm interested in that because i mean you are for me one of the standout artists who's made that transition from being a sort of dance hall superstar into suddenly this this fantastically conscious and spiritual body of work that you created i mean is that something that as we see the revival movement um taking off more and as we're discussing afrobeat taking off more um do you think we're going to see more dancehall artists crossing over into more sort of conscious territory away from the, the more sort of commercial driven angle that dancehall currently sort of comes at the music industry from yeah man i think i think so i think it's two sides i think the revivalists the acts that are in the revival space are dying to do stuff outside of reggae and the traditional reggae. Um, I think there are youths, so they are not the age of Bob Marley, and what is fresh to them is, you know, nowadays hip hop and all the trap and all that. So there, 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 there is a desire for them to to step outside of the traditional sound. And I think the other thing is from the audience. The audience will, will, will take what you give them, you know. So if you take the content and repackage it and put it in this sonic, in this sonic flavor, they will take it. And I think the success um, story for that is Coffee Right Now, where she has taken a topic like blessings and gratitude, which normally is normally delivered on a reggae, 70 BPM, slow, burning spirit kind of vibe. But she can take a topic like that and make it cool and a danceable rhythm like the rhythm that it's on. So you find that kids who wouldn't who wouldn't necessarily navigate towards the traditional reggae sound because I think that's their parents' music and that's boring. They can relate to coffee because the music because she's 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 literally rapping. She's she's when you listen to Rapture and these other songs, she's literally she's more like a lyricist more than even a singer. So she's relatable to them from that, but her content is still one that is conscious enough to move um, the traditionalists, if you will. So I think she's a very good example of mixing the worlds, and I think as more conscious artists come out um, up subsequent to her, you're going to see that more. And I think respect must be given to, like, Chronix and Kabaka, who have tried, they have tried to, um, you know, Chronix is a man where him doing dance hall when he's ready, but it's just that the reggae stuff is what is so renowned for him. And Kabaka is one who really is a rapper, but him kind of tried to put it into a, 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 a palatable reggae style, and especially because it's coming from gang. 
uh, and the Malis um, background. But in general, I think they have already tried to veer a little left. I think Proto too as well, but Proto is more a hip-hop kind of um, flavor. But again, he's veering outside of the typical roots with some of the projects to our eclectic place. And I think as youths come out more, you're going to find them find that balance between the dancehall and the conscious content and mixing it up with even Afrobeats and rap and all this other stuff. No, I think it's spot on. And I think, as you sort of alluded to, that you're doing yourself, um, being um, dropping some commercial tracks which are going to be radio-friendly then gives an artist the ability to then move into more conscious territory as well. Because once you've got the audience hooked, if you give yeah. them something, you, you don't want to... Um, it's like giving them a meal, isn't it? You, you give them something nice that they're used to and comfortable with as a starter and then maybe yeah. experiment a bit more on the main course and then whack with something really out there with the dessert um and I, 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 but well <laughs> that's exactly it. it's a random analogy but i think it's quite appropriate yeah. <laughs> um and I, I think you're right we will see more of that and coffee is a brilliant example but speaking of other brilliant female singers trisha this is your first time on the podcast as we previously discussed yeah. and yeah. it is lovely yeah. to have you here um i'm a great admirer of i'm happy what to you... be here as well thank, thank you. you i'm a great admirer of what you do but obviously as you are new everyone knows about Basie already who listens to this podcast because obviously they would have heard him before but Tricia you are new <laughs> so I mean you started singing at a very young age you were the sort of you were the last born of four children in your family e- is that right e- yes and you and immediately you started showing a sort of talent for for singing how did how has this progressed over your life to bring you to the point you're at now what's your musical journey to to 2019 been for you um, it started off actually when I moved to Germany, I guess 10 or 11 years ago, yeah, I'd say 11 years ago, and I would sing at restaurants and um, weddings and gala shows, but this was part-time because at the same time um, I was studying because I'm a, a doctor's assistant, so then after that, yes, <laughs> so then after that is when I noticed that, because um, I always wanted to sing, you know, I've always been singing, if, if it's just for fun or like I said, at gala shows and stuff. And that's when a friend of mine introduced me to a gentleman, because we're looking for a new backing singer. So this is actually where the real musical world began. And um, I sang with him for two years before I left my, my job because it was too much. I couldn't handle both of them. And at the same time, it was something new and something fresh and something I always wanted to do. If I was back in Kenya, I don't think I would have done it, you know, just because of the way, especially because of my mom, you know, the way people, parents view things. No, you have to study law, you have to study medicine, and you can't do music. That's not a job, that's just a hobby. And I was like, no, mom, I'm going to make it. Please just support me, you know. And yeah, then from then on is when I started to record, it was 2014, I think, when I started to record my album, my first album, Listen, and yeah, that's, yeah, I'd say half shows with gentlemen, that's where my, my, my live performance uh, experience came in, and then from then on, you know, with my album, I started getting shows, started meeting new artists like Scaramucci for example who um and I'm not sure if you're aware of Scaramucci. Are you aware of Scaramucci? No, no no okay he's a 
he's uh but i'm sure bc is uh, he's yeah, a jamaican yeah yeah he's a jamaican um artist uh living in in germany france both <laughs> i think he's in france right now and uh he's the one who actually recognized my talent as so my 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 how do i say my 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 forefront voice and because a gentleman shows would be allowed to sing a show a song or two so he asked me if, you know if i was planning on releasing an album and i was like yeah yeah i am actually then he's like who's releasing it and i was like that's not yet planned and he's like well, if you don't have anyone to do it i'm be glad to do it for you so then yeah that was history so of course he released the album and this is sorry you wanted to say that's good that's cuz that's a great story i love i love stories <laughs> like that carry on carry on <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah from then on is when i met artists i also met basie through uh, 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 a friend a mutual friend and this is when we got to do good girl swing thank you i was so going to say basie. yes that that was a banger i love that thank yeah, I mean, you not to cut situation but for me that's yeah. why it's such a good vibe to have this interview and i always keep a close um, link with trisha because um that was although i've had hits with tok when you step out as a solo artist that was my first chart topper as a solo artist and that oh. was trisha song it wasn't really me and my song it was trisha song and you know the producer called me to do a verse on it and it ended up being the version that went out and you know it yeah. did very well and continues to do very well across the social yes till so today it's giving my number one you know what i mean so i'm a big up trisha every time yeah. No, 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 yo, Basie, it was our song, <laughs> not my song. It's our song. <laughs> yo, he, he he really put a fire verse on that man. He 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 just he blew that whole song up. I'm I'm so 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 grateful. And another thing which I must say, Basie is so humble. Yo, I'm I'm so humble because I know him from you know when I was a young girl in Kenya, and I'm like I have to meet Basie. I have to meet Basie. <laughs> <laughs> and then i find i actually met him once in erinfield but i don't think he remembers club bayern uh, club ban of erinfield you had a show in 2014 and i was so nervous and <laughs> i say do you remember <laughs> no this is news to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but i'm so 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 grateful he he he's he big up man basically big up basically respect man I yes. completely. Do you know what? I forgot about Rude Girl Swing. Um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, and no, loved it. It was absolutely brilliant, and and you work so well together. Because I mean, Trisha, that's what um what draws me to your voice is that you you have this wonderful um alto tone almost in you, and yet you oh. st- you still have the, you still have the ability to hit that top range, and then you break into this sing jay as well. I mean, you you are really vocally extremely diverse, and it was this wonderful rich rich timbre um with your voice and when you're working with bay c with with his deep booming voice um the, the track was absolutely fantastic it was it was great um, thank you thank track. you 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 work together extremely well so i i think um topple topple uncaged exclusive um he will try and get bay c and trisha to work together on another track again um I, yeah. I think- yes for, for sure yes we're doing that for sure <laughs> three yeah, four man. five six <laughs> yeah man, we're gonna we're gonna work on like um music together and then probably can do a package together you know like a tour package exactly yes 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 that's just you happen for sure excellent very very good it's it's funny that you mentioned that the fact that um that i could do 
different styles, but this also comes thanks to my brothers and sisters because when I wanted to listen to music, they would all have these different styles in the house. My sister would listen to Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston. My other sister would listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony and, uh, you know, all the West Coast rappers. And then my brother would listen to uh, um, Morgan Heritage, Bob Marley, you know, a lot of reggae music. So and I would just have to sit there and listen and wait my turn. And by that time, it's nighttime. So I'm like, okay, you know what, tomorrow. So I guess that's where it also comes from. And this is my musical journey, I guess. That's why you hear the different um, styles that I try to incorporate in my music. It's very no yeah now you've said that it's very noticeable actually that you you did have such an eclectic background i mean what is what motivates you firstly um musically is it is it's the message is it these different mixes of styles and what you're feeling at the time what is your what's your main motivation behind doing what you do i suppose is is the question i'm asking really well my motivation is simple it's just you know seeing people happy making people happy you know it, it puts a smile on my face when I see people sing along to my songs or just put a video on Instagram, you know, with them dancing to, you know, Rude Girl Swing, for example. And because um, at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about the people. I'm writing the music for the people. So if they can resonate to my message, um, then it, it makes us, that's so much motivation. And even just getting the feedback, you know, I like this song. I like even from you, for example, just your feedback about the, the track it, it's because mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect much out of it you know I was just saying what I felt at that moment and so I'm happy I'm grateful you are two of the most humble guests I've ever had I mean didn't expect much from it it's brilliant Trisha like I said I love it I think I think it's absolutely fantastic um you, it, it's interesting that you did have such an eclectic background quickly um is there is there one style that you do sort of warm towards I mean is are you more influenced by sort of reggae um or is it afrobeat or is it soul or is it what's come on you must have sort of one overriding love of all the different musical genres do you Mm, I wouldn't say it's, it's hard no. to say no it depends on what I feel on the day you know I may feel Afrobeat I may feel R&B I may feel reggae music reggae music again again and then change the next day but I mean music is, is music as long as it makes you feel good you know like Bob Marley says as long as it doesn't it hits you and you don't feel no pain you know then it's I'm glad you answered like that. I was putting you on the spot because, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I, I can swing <laughs> I can swing from listening to um, Bone Thugs, as you pointed out, um, one of your brothers yeah. and sisters used to listen to, to I'm a huge Mariah Carey fan. I like listening to yes. um, Edith Piaf. I'm right up until obviously reggae and dance hall now. So I, th- I think I think people people who have that sort of eclecticism are quite often quite often the best artists actually because it means you get such a broad range of ideas and thoughts and influences. I mean, and it always shows in the music from people like you. So you can really you can hear and feel your your eclecticism. And the, what you can also feel from you is how well you fit into what I consider to be a growing 
a growing movement of female artists. I've had, as we said off air, um, and I'll say on air as well. Um, I've had this discussion with a lot of a lot of female artists who've been on recently, from mm. Zia Benjamin mm-hmm. to Tara Harrison to Leela Leela Ike, um, about how there is this growing movement of female artists, which are sort of around around the revival scene, but they're kind of they're kind of lumped into it when really they're a whole movement of artists in their own right. I mean, there's the likes of Ray Nicole, um, there's the likes of Queen Africa, who you um, mm. worked with recently. Aza Lineage is another one who's absolutely fantastic. Um, and they get clumped in with the revival movement, whereas uh, they're kind of, it's, they're a movement of their own because what they're doing is they're kind of breaking down all these norms that have existed yeah, in the music yeah. industry where okay for example you would always have the um i don't know the, the queen of soul was aretha franklin and the queen of pop was mariah carey and the queen of r&b was whitney houston there was always people fighting females fighting or were perceived to have to fight to be the queen of queen of their genre or the queen of all the top yeah, of their yeah, game yeah. or what have you yeah and also um the kind of the patriarchy that exists and still exists and the misogyny that exists within the music industry which which however much female artists um were sold as being sort of free from that essentially for many years it was still very heavily controlled by men um but that is now changing and you can feel it and you can you can hear it and i hear it when i speak to speak to female artists and i see it and listen to it in their music um and something really exciting is actually happening now i mean do you do you firstly recognize that and secondly do you think it's it's because the timing is is just divine it's now is now the right time for this this to be happening i mean what what are your thoughts on this sort of crop of female artists that that are doing doing it in their own right as a collective almost now yes i think everyone is feeling it and noticing it as well but um i also feel like probably the reason why is because i mean the only way we can all go to the top is together you know there's no reason there's no need of fighting each other because at the end of the day there's there's something in it for everyone we're all different we may be the same but everyone has a little different style of their own you know and i feel like it's important for us to embrace as females to embrace each other because um I feel like it's important for us females to embrace each other because um, we need to, we have a responsibility at the end of the day, you know. And, and I feel like it's, it's, it's not a secret that, um, that the reggae industry is male-dominated. So, you know, where there's male, there's female. And we have that responsibility to balance out industry we have a responsibility to it not not only for us you know it's for the next generations and the next and the next to come and i feel like this is very very important but at the end of the day it's not like we're trying to overthrow the king you know we're trying to just play our roles and make sure that you know we balance the situation we balance the music because this is both this yin this yang this sun this the moon this dark this light it's 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 a balance and we need it and i feel like we're all even the universe we have to put all this energy the energy that we're actually putting out into the universe reflects so I feel like we all need to, we have that responsibility to put out, send out the right energies into the, I mean, it's, it's Mother Earth, you know. We don't want to piss her off, you know. 
So we, we definitely need to be putting out the right energies. And this doesn't come with hatred. This comes with uniting. And I feel like everyone's feeling that. So it's like enough is enough. Come, you know, ladies, let's, let's do this, you know. And I guess that's why the movement is there. But at the same time, no disrespect to the males. We just want to play our role. That's all we want to do. I think it's a brilliant, yeah, you summed that up really well, actually, about the balance. Um, I, I think that's what's happening. And and the scales have been weighted off kilter for quite a while, as it were. And as you say, yeah. it's, it's a case of now rebalancing. And no disrespects to the men, basically. Um, but, but, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, those scales, mate, they need balancing up a bit. And that's exactly, that's yeah. exactly what's happening. Brilliant, brilliant way of summing it, summing it up. Um, I could chat to you both for absolutely hours, to be honest. Um, however, I'm not sure I could, if we did a five-hour interview. I think some people might have to have a break halfway through. Um, so, so I am going to wrap this up a bit. Um, basically, so non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. We're going back to dancehall. Um, I know you've been sort of touring here, there, and everywhere and dropping tracks left, right, and centre. What is what is in store for the rest of the year for you? We're now sort of early June, July, as it were. What, what are you up to for the rest of the year, my friend? Um, well, for the summer, it's a very packed summer. Um, there is a project that that I'm about to finish called um, Yahoo Danza Walk. Again, this is on more on the spiritual side. This is a project, a seven-track album um, featuring many different acts. I'm, I'm co-producer on it. I also have a song on it. But the, st- the, the message of it is about us as descendants of slaves to embrace our Hebraic um, lineage um, and to understand that we are we in the Caribbean in the Americas are um, descendants of Israelites from the Bible time coming down through the Nile through the Nile and lining straight into where we are now so it's really just to it's a spiritual album to acknowledge um, the, the Hebrew lineage um, it's really my father's um, inspiration he, he's <laughs> he start produce now um, and he asked me to help him with this project and it came out really nice we'll have Luke Kiddy we have myself we have um, Aisha um, um, Chase couple acts on it well um, we do a few songs which are reinterpretations of Say a Little Prayer by Aretha Franklin and Yeah Is My Keeper by Peter Tosh along with some original stuff. So it's really, really a cool album and I will be launching it virtually where we do the first appearance next week in Detroit at a conference and then in August I'll be carrying it over to Ghana and Liberia for um, for you know a, a soft launch over there. So that's a project for the summer and then from there on, it's just like promoting this inner my brain, promoting some more dancehall stuff, um, going straight into the into the Christmas and a few tours around that in Latin America and America. Excellent. That sounds like an amazing project. Will you come back on the podcast to talk about it and, and bring on one of the acts with you? For sure, definitely. Excellent. I really like the sound of that. It sounds fascinating. Love it, love it, love it. Trisha, what's in store for you for the rest of the year? I mean, so you, because you dropped your debut album was 2014, is that correct? Yeah, no, 2015. 2015, my apologies. And then we released it in 2016, exactly a year after. So for the rest of the year, are we, are we going to have some new music from you? Are you, are you touring at the minute? What's, what's going on with you? Yes, I'm actually still touring with uh, Gentleman, but at the same time, I'm recording my new album. I have hey. actually done 
most of it. But you know, it, it's never finished. You know, you know how it is as a producer. Basically, you know that too. It's it's, it's yeah, never but, finished. There's always something to change. And um, yeah, so that's actually it. You know, get a few videos done and a few collabs done. Hint, hint, Basie, where you there? <laughs> ready, ready, ready. You know me already, man. Just in the truck. Yes, yes. <laughs> And uh, yes, that's about it. And uh, yeah, I'll be going home actually to Kenya this year, do some networking, interviews, and all that. Do you think the album? When do we, when can we expect the album? Are we talking this year, or is it going to be twenty twenty? Do you think? I actually wanted it to be this year, but I'm thinking more March next year. So for now, we'll just be dropping some, you know, jugglings and 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 um, you call it. Uh, a few singles, most probably. Excellent. I'm, I look forward to them as well. And again, as with Basie, please come back on this podcast when your album drops. I would love to love to have you back on to talk about that. Whew, wow, I really enjoyed that. That was a real treat, having the two of you together and being able to listen to your thoughts on all these things, all off the back of one rhythm, I have to say. Um, it's It's been an absolute joy speaking to you. Um, real pleasure to have you on. For the time being, I'm so humbled to have Basie and Trisha on the podcast. Podcast. guys thank you so much for coming on thank you as well thank you so much Wow, how great were Basie and Trisha. It's fascinating hearing how two artists working with the same instrumental track put their own stamp on things and give completely different interpretations of very similar music. Absolutely brilliant. I love chatting to them. They have such a great rapport after working together. It was really, really enjoyable to do. So here are their two tracks with a bit of a topple mashup. It is Basie with Inner My Brain and Trisha with Money Don't Mean A Thing, both over the Culture Rock Records, Change Like Weather Rhythm. Here's Basie and Trisha. I grade a kick in on me brain, brain. I like me the bunny brain, brain. I the kush that a kick in on me brain, brain. I have the best strain, strain. Yo, yo, they my ass when me get it from. One draw for me split, make you high like a pelican If I yard, then a epican And if me fly out, me have to get the gram Anywhere me land, ask Vito when me demi land If the herbs will be smoke and a limited edition Big spliff in a me hand, very long Make me high like the wheel of ferry sand High grade a kick in a me brain, brain High like me the bunny blame, blame And the kush that a kick in a me brain, brain Archie of the best strain, strain, yo, yo Yeah, 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 yo Twindy, 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 twindy cousin Ahoo! Culture rock, Trisha Enough uh. of them I spend way too much money For things that they really don't need, no Trisha tell them, say All the money in the world Money in the world Money may buy you wife, money may buy you life yeah, 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 yeah. Money may buy you a calf, you drive down the road in a high yeah, yeah, yeah. Happiness you can't find it, living the illusion the system designed yeah. 
So you check yourself, you better stop Before you go ahead and make a big belly for All the money in the world Money in the world Don't mean nothing Don't mean nothing Spend a fortune from the high life Money them a waste Not for the things them a buy now have taste Just to impress Some of them them And that's it. This very special episode of Toblin Caged is done. I'd like to thank my fantastic guests, the incredible Basie and the sublime Trisha. You can find all the details to their social media in the show notes. As always, behind the scenes, thank you to the love of my life, the gorgeous Nicola Jeffrey. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Nicholas C. Jeffrey. My man behind the booth, sound engineer Gav Pauls. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Pauls with a Z Radio. And my in-house singer, it's Ray Star Music. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Ray underscore Star 113. Thank you to the Canary for engaging me. I will see you again soon. Okay.